This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, before we get started, I want to let you guys know that this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Uh, I want to tell you guys a little bit about the easiest way to get some action on the NFL this season. Now that we're headed to week two, it's the Underdog Fantasy Pick'em Game. Pick your over-under on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the code 161BOYS, and Luke will double your first deposit up to All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street, episode 228. Today is September 13th. Uh, it is Tuesday night. They're recording this during the first Red Sox game. Sorry we couldn't get an episode out yesterday. Uh, the fellows were a little busy, but there was no game anyway to talk about. So we're talking about the same things we would have talked about yesterday. So uh, how are we doing, fellas, before we dive into a uh, nice little group of conversations here? Not bad. Hang in there. Yankees are a little better. Got so, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to act like, I don't want to act like I'm changing my tune too quick because I know we mentioned this on the last podcast that I'm a, a little bit of a notorious flip flop on this on this show. Um, but I would say if if yesterday or last podcast I was a one out of ten on the morale meter, I'd say I'm at about uh, a three and a half out of ten on the morale meter. I just wanted to bring that up to preface how I'm feeling because I know there's going to be a little bit of optimism on this show. That's, it's a little bit of a, a new feeling this season. So I just didn't want you guys to call me out on being a flip flop because I'm being optimistic as opposed to last episode. Well, I mean, there's a reason to be optimistic, not for the long term of the franchise, but at least to hopefully fucking wrap up the division. I mean, you took two or three from the Rays, which you needed to do. I mean, if we got swept this this season, not the season. Well, the season I would argue is probably not going to change very much. I still don't think we're going to win a World Series, but at least we don't have to worry about losing the division as much now. I guess, especially with the Blue Jays and the Rays playing each other for you know however many it is, like nine of the last fifteen games. So, right, they're there, gonna, they're going to beat up on each other now. There's reason for optimism now. Come talk to me in a month. Like I, I still don't think we're going to win maybe one playoff series, maybe if we're lucky, but there's right. I mean, I would put, I would put the chances of winning a world series or even a making it to the world series at less than 10%. So you're I'm, not, you're not, I'm there. You're happy about a weekend series. Right. And, and the reason why I wanted to preface it with that as well, because, you know, obviously the win is, is very important. Uh, not losing ground to the team that's right behind you is pretty, Obviously important, uh, especially since the first game was 
not really too great in the series. So salvaging it and winning the next two was was awesome. So um, also the news, obviously, that'll do a little housekeeping here. Uh, Rizzo and DJ are probably going to be back next week. Britain has been in uh, AAA rehabbing. He's not game ready yet, but he's rehabbing. Steven Ridings is throwing innings in the minors. Castro, Chapman, Efros all throwing innings in the minors. Um, am I missing anybody? Because like a lot of people are on their way back. Sevy's on Severino. his way back. Yeah, Severino is doing rehab assignments. Like just there are a lot of people on the way back. Small sample size, but last series there was a little bit of offense, which has been something that we haven't seen in a while. So that that's really the stemmings of my my optimism here. Again, with you, I think I, I'm not super confident that they're gonna make a World Series, let alone win one. A lot of the other teams that we would be playing against in those situations, like I mentioned on um, many previous podcasts, like the Astros, like the like the Cardinals, Mets, Dodgers, all these good teams, I don't think we really stack up well against them. Uh, talk, I mean, but then again, anything can happen in uh, October, and the hot team usually is the one that takes it. So with that all being said, I wanted to get into the conversation about what we think. With all, There's a lot of people making their way back. We've had the conversations about those guys and how we, like we can't predict how well they're going to be and like how good they're going to do because I mean obviously rust is going to be something that every single one of them is going to be dealing with. It's one thing to get people back, it's another to get them have ready for a postseason game. I mean look at Stanton right now, Stanton looks like he's playing better baseball but for the first few weeks of him being back, he was pretty fucking terrible. So, you know, that's that's something that scares me about these guys coming back. And if anybody thinks that they're just going to be unbelievable the minute they get back to the roster, there's a lot of people <laughs> working their way back and probably will. Their ETA is maybe a week, two weeks before the postseason should even start. So I expect a lot of rust, but there is definitely it's better to have them than to not. So I wanted to get into the rotation and reliever specifically uh, for what we think the playoff roster will shape up to be. Can I say one thing real yeah. quick? Um, as far as rust goes and the pitching, I feel like pitching hasn't really been our, you know, what's been bogging this team down for a while now. It's been the offense. Um, I would argue that rust isn't really going to affect the people that we have coming back in Rizzo and DJ. They've only been gone for, you know, they're going to end up missing the minimum. So, uh, I, I think rust is something you have to worry more about with pitching. And I think that the pitchers that we're bringing back, it's, I mean, you're replacing guys like Ryan Weber. You're replacing guys like, you know, pick a name. There's a few people on this list that are in our bullpen that are just not going to have a role in the postseason, and that's just a fact. So um, I don't think Russ is going to be as big of a factor as you're saying, just because I think it's going to be a lot of regular position players, but I do know where you're getting at. So just something to add. Also, your hatred for Luis Severino is just insanity to me. I didn't even say anything, <laughs> anything to make. Him. You went through the whole list of people rehabbing, and you forgot about Luis Severino. And I don't. I don't have. Ever, I don't think it was on accident. Maybe it was a Freudian slip. I didn't. <laughs> it was unintentionally intentional that I left. I, I mean, I don't hate Severino. I just, I just. He gets hurt a lot. I, I would like him to be. Otherwise, you're very mean to him for no reason. What did he ever do to you? Good question. I was going to actually come on here and start singing his praises. I'm excited for Severino to come back. I, the only reason why, and if you're tuning for the first time here, I, I'm any bit of anti-Severino is because he had he signed this whole contract and he hasn't really done much. So um, I think this year, shutting him down was 
Them yeah, shutting no, him but... down this year was for precautionary reasons. I fully believe that he's been healthy for. He's even said he's been healthy yeah. for you know a month and a half, two months now. So okay, it's it they totally could afford. Can you blame them innings. though? No, they it's can... to limit his innings for the postseason, and that's right. fine. Like I'm not getting mad at one person or the other you can't look at severino and be pissed off at him for that though That's I'm, not, I'm not i'm not about this but another injury happens and i said before this season started that he was he's seeming like his injury prone and then all of a sudden now he gets another injury obviously they he was seeming he said he was healthy and ready to go but like can you blame them for holding him down a little bit because they want him to actually be healthy and the survey says that and he's he hasn't been it so I don't blame them for holding yeah, him down. And I, all, same with Nestor Cortez. Like, Nestor Cortez has nothing to do with health, but, like, he, they're doing a similar thing to him as they are to Severino. Oh, Garrett Cole's back. Why is that? I just gave up a fucking nuke. All right. With that being said, let's get into the We'll start with the rotation. So, Garrett Cole, uh, as bad as he is in the first inning of every single start ever, no matter who it's against, it could be against the shittiest fucking team in the world, which evidently the Red Sox kind of are this year, um, or the best team in the world. He's going to give runs in the first, so if you're gonna, if you're a betting man, I would take that in a heartbeat. But Garrett Cole, say what you want about him, he's going to be number one. He's had a great season so far outside of the first inning. Um, so Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Frankie Montas, and Luis Severino are the four that I would start the rotation with. The rest of them, there's obviously only one spot left. I think that they're going to carry in terms of starting pitchers. And that spot could be filled with either Tyone, Domingo, Clark Schmidt. Uh, so let's start there. Who do you think of those three makes the rotation? Or do you have any qualms with the four that I selected? Because I, I think the remainder of the people will be relievers that they carry. So, yeah, for that reason, I think Clark Schmidt makes the most sense because he's right. you know, been coming out of the bullpen. There's a zero percent chance that Clark Schmidt makes, but probably right. But probably. I not mean, look at happen. who's coming back and look at how they've treated Clark Schmidt for three years now. But I know what I, you're saying. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it, the same. The same thing with the Peraza versus IKF Donaldson argument is look at what should be done and look at history. So, but I I, I know where you're getting at. Sorry to interrupt. No, I just I could also see them putting, you know, Tyone and or Herman in the bullpen sort of as like that, you know, how the playoff rosters get weird. And sometimes that fourth or fifth starter ends up being in the bullpen in case, you know, somebody doesn't have it that night and you need somebody to go fill seven or eight innings before it gets out of hand, you know, in the regular season, you can leave them out there, let them give up six in, over a few innings and then try to play patch it up with your bullpen. But if you're in game four, you've taxed your bullpen, you know, you run your run Nestor out there and he doesn't look good through two innings, you know, limit the damage and throw Tyone out there or something, you know, I could see that happening too. With so there's there's at least some shell of a reason to put Tyone and or Herman in the bullpen rather than having him in that starting rotation because you know they're only going to start four, but it's possible. You think there's uh, no chance that Clark is is one of the ones? Zero. Not with who's coming back and what we have right now. They they hate Clark Schmidt for some reason, but. I, I think that, I mean, look at his usage. When was the last time they even used him? Maybe in that, I think they used him probably in the bullpen game the other day, but outside of that, it's not like he's one of their go-to guys or somebody that they're just going to frequently for really any role uh, whenever there's even like a, you know, a smidge of health. I mean, Greg Weissert's getting innings over him right now, and that's not a knock on Greg Weissert. I think he's awesome and his stuff's disgusting, but it, it just kind of shows you what the organization thinks of Clark Schmidt. 
but no, what was your, what was your four? Cole, Nestor, uh, Montas, and Seve. That, yeah. I would agree with that. And I don't. Yeah. I'll tell you this too. I think that if it came down to it and it was a short series, or the Yankees had a chance to clinch, or the Yankees had their back to the wall, I don't even think they'd necessarily start Luis Severino. Not with the new playoff format i could definitely see them starting cole on four days rest so that's what i was going to say because out of the five starters that you're even going to carry i think only obviously three of them are going to get starts the rest are going to be moved to the bullpen um i can't see a world where i don't know i I, cole and nestor in my mind are the two solidified at the top um i i would want to take the upside of sevi over Montas, but you bring in Montas to be the number two guy, and then, but also you're gonna you want to look at the fact that Nestor can be Nestor's more versatile. You know, we talk about him being a jackknife, so like him being better at other things almost is to his downfall. In the fact that he wouldn't, in my mind right now, the point I'm making that he wouldn't really potentially start games, even though he's probably the more reliable guy. So I, I don't know. It's it's kind of like. I think beyond the the five that make the roster out of the starters, it it gets a little wishy-washy with who's going to make the actual starts. And I think that's probably a sign for what we're going to get. get. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be a set one, two, three. It's probably going to be a mixed bag. And then Cole probably is the only one that starts his regular day. You know what I mean? In, in a regular three-man rotation in the playoffs. Well, you got to look also at who's been there because – I mean, Montas hasn't really had much postseason experience, if any. I'm not really sure, but Sevy's been there. That's the other thing we have to consider. They're not going to start. Sevy. And he hasn't yeah. done it. But he's been there, hasn't done it, though. <laughs> like he's, the Yankees I, don't I mean, care. The Yankees don't care about stuff like that, though. There's a, I, to, It wouldn't shock me one bit if they rolled out Montas game two just because that's the guy they traded for. You, you got to think of things through you know, logic and then through the lens of the Yankees. Yeah. Like the dollar, the dollars play and the trade value on the other side of like what it took to acquire or sign this person is what decides who plays. And that's why we've seen Hicks get so much run until now. He finally got benched. We're going to get into that in a second for the fact that he actually may finally be done for his Yankee career. And that's, that's pretty exciting stuff, but that's evidently how the Yankees decide who, who is going to play. And that's why, you know, you're seeing guys like Peraza probably not, getting as much run as and we'll get into that as well. Like Praz is not playing that. That's not what Cone said about that. What do you say? He just said that the Yankees uh, brought him up too late. They like shot themselves in the foot. Like their analytics department loved IKF for some reason. And now that Peraza's is up, they don't want to mess with the chemistry and everything like that. They don't think that he has enough time to get ready. Mess with so what that's chemistry? That's I'm just, Hey, don't shoot them. No, no, no. Like the chemistry on the roster. I think the fact that, like the little dance that IKF does on second base, like they don't want to mess with that. And that's why they're not going to take him out of the starting lineup. Yeah. Well, he said they didn't want to mess it up earlier in the year. So that's what's led to it now is that they, they wouldn't call him up. They didn't think that he was there. He wasn't, they weren't ready to put him in as an everyday shortstop. And now he just won't have enough time to get ready. So he's just there as a backup. I mean, it'd be one thing if the chemistry was working out really well and we were playing like we were the first two months of the season. But if the fact that that's if that's even in consideration, I, I maybe it's just David Cohen just being just looking for something to talk about. But that that or trying to justify why they haven't benched IKF. But no, he it, was critical of the Yankees for it. He wasn't defending them. I just don't see why that all that at all would be into consideration. That that would make sense if they were playing well, like if they were playing like they were in the first two months of the season, but. They have not been so. 
may I introduce you to the Yankees front office? Are you are you shocked by this in any way, shape, or form? I mean, fuck, look at the decisions they make night in and night out. So somebody somebody in that analytics department said that Aaron Hicks should be batting in the three hole in the most important series of the season. Well, also speaking about the order in which people, I'm, I'm saying this specifically because Judge has been batting leadoff, and I guess we could talk about for that for a second here. It's just it, it's baffling to me. I don't know what. Can anybody here explain to me the analytics, what they're potentially telling us as to why you should lead off judge other than the fact that he'll get more at bats and he's the entire offense. That's the reason why not. It's not like if you hit him second or third, anybody's going to get on base in front of him. You might as well lead him off. Which is and crazy to me. The fact that he has, I, I was about to say highest OBP in baseball, most RBIs in baseball. Dude's about to win the triple crown across the entire league, not let alone the AL alone. If he can get the batting average up, which he uh, he's been doing that more than he's been home hitting home runs actually. So, in terms of the things that I'm pulling for at this point, I know he's still on pace for 63 by the time we're recording this, but I, I feel like <laughs> what what's more likely to happen: him hitting the 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 batting title or him having the wait? What are you smiling for? Did he just hit home run? Marwin Gonzalez just hit a game tying home run. <laughs> I thought, I'm not watching the oh, game right now, so I was I was anticipating that option. as I was talking, <laughs> he was going to hit another home run. But I just feel like he's been obviously it's been like three or four games, maybe four. I think it's been three since he's hit home run. But every game it seems like he's getting like three. Or, he's been getting like it's been five every game. But it's not like he's been playing bad. Every game he seems like he's getting on base at least three times. I think there was that stat that he reached base safely and. Three plus three plus times for seven games in a row, and the only other person to do that was Mickey Mantle. So, well, Mike Trout's hit seven home runs. I mean, on the Yankees, I mean, Mike Trout has hit seven home runs, a game in seven, seven straight games, games. <laughs> so a home run in every straight every game for seven games. But I honestly think my attention is turned towards him potentially hitting the triple crown because he's what is he away from the top right now? Is it he's, se- he, he's eleven points? Sixteen so, yeah, fifth now. Well, I don't know if Nate Lowe's qualified, so he might. Who's at top, Xander? He's behind. Oh, no, he's qualified. He's definitely qualified. Never mind. He's in fifth. Bogarts by 16 points. I don't know. I mean, obviously, the tune, he's still on pace for the record, and my tune will change if he hits home run tonight. And by the time you're listening to this, he probably already has. But just making conversation. But it's just. If he does it, Chandler, please don't don't spoil it for me. If what? He hits home run? I didn't spoil yeah. anything for you for Marwin either. You did. All I did was laugh. Anywho, when I was looking, when I was looking, when I was looking at the stats, I just imagine how crazy it would be if he didn't. If if one people got on in front of him, which they haven't all year, and two, if he wasn't batting leadoff for second most of the season, he still leads the league in RBIs, and that's fairly obvious because he has fifty five home runs. Is fifty six? Is fifty five? Fifty five. You lose track when it's that many, but he has 55 home runs, and it's crazy that he still leads the league by a decent margin. But like, imagine how many RBIs he would have if the rest of the Yankees were competent. He's also third in the AL in strikeouts, which is kind of nuts to be hitting 300. Yeah, right. Third in the AL. like the other guys are Aroldis Garcia or Adoles Garcia and Eugenio Suarez, and neither of them are sniffing 250. And he just gets another single. I don't know. I think he's in the batting title. Murph, why don't you criticize him for blowing it? Who? Luke? I mean, it's in your background. Oh, yeah. Um, So back, let's get back to the rotation here. So 
are we all on the, in agreement that Cole, Frankie, Nestor, Sevi, and that's it? Well, that's four. Nobody else is going to start a game. Okay, you don't need you don't need five starters in a playoff series. No, do you don't you don't so you don't think they're going to carry a fifth? Tyone, Domingo, oh, Clark Schmidt. They might I'm talking about carrying them. I think Tyone will be at least in the bullpen. Um, Clark Schmidt's not going to be there, and it wouldn't shock me if Domingo made it just as a bullpen arm. He's pit- I think I don't think he would have made it a month ago. I think he's pitched his way into that conversation where he's kind of that de facto long reliever in the event of a blow up or a short start. So you think they're going to carry both Tyone and Domingo? Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, Domingo's got experience as a long reliever, too, and he's probably, looking up and down this list, the most equipped to go three, four, five innings if needed. So they'll probably end up carrying only seven relievers then. So now if we move towards the relievers, uh, top-bottom, obviously, Clay Holmes, Lasagna, Peralta. I'll stop there because there are some other ones that are fairly obvious to me that will be on the playoff roster, but that's three. Outside of that, I think we'll break it up into tiers. Then I think Efros, Trevino, and Chapman are also locks to me that they make the roster. That is now six. But I think Licky's going to be on the roster. He hasn't not been on the roster all year. He's been pitching pretty well. So names that I didn't I don't mention are. sound like the Licky, biggest, <laughs> Licky's biggest fan. He's just objectively pitching pretty well. And you're going to want a lefty in the bullpen in the playoffs. No, he's, like been, he's yeah. had a great season. So Licky, Ridings. Weber, Weber. Writings? No, no, I'm, I'm reading the names that oh. are, are not. So let's say I locked in. Are you fine with locking in those six? Clay Holmes, Lasagna, Peralta, Efros, Trevino, Chapman. Yeah. I don't see a world where any of them aren't on the roster, especially considering, like you said, what do they give up to get the person? Efros, I, I, I like Efros, but on top of that, Efros and Trevino, they also just traded for him, so they're going to be on the roster. So those six, there's only one Trevino remaining. Huh? Trevino deserves. No, I know that. I, I know. I was just I was making. Gonna you, I was going to say you kind of lumped him in that category of Frankie Montas, which Frankie Montas has been pitching better. They have four earned runs the other day because Aaron Hicks is chewing on the baseball in left field. Doesn't fucking help. But yeah. Uh, but you kind of lumped him in there with. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I was. I was going to say the dude's got like a point oh 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 one. No, so I was just. Like, I was making the point that they. I think both him and Efros both have the pedigree to make the roster i just think they're it they're additionally locked in because of what the yankees gave up to get them and same with chapman like the amount they're paying him chapman has been pitching objectively terrible since he's been when he's been on the mound and he's coming off injuries so i mean all the odds are stacked against it but he's all this chapman and they're obviously gonna have him on the roster so that's six there's room for one more if you guys let's play this game like assuming you guys carried Six starters. Two, That's Domingo and Tyone. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, you carried six starters, so there'd be. I mean, you could you could make a, you could make a case where they can carry an extra pitcher. Um, but that would be go short on the. They would probably carry an extra pitcher and go short on the bench. Okay, think. so then there's two spots left outside. We'll call it eight relievers and six starters. Arenado, uh, you have to say he's a lock. See, that's the thing. I think he should be, but I'd be like, when you look at who really comes back, like, he, I don't think he's a lock. I think he should be. Did you put Castro is. in the six that are guaranteed? Because he's. Do you, guaranteed. Wait, do you think they're going to? Do you think they're going to carry? I was just going to say, is Castro's coming back, that puts him 
out a little bit. I think they're going to take. I would think they were smart enough to take Marinacci over Abreu, but he's going to be available. Which I mean, they have to, they have to have Marinacci on the roster, right? Abreu's hurt. They're not going to bring Abreu back no. from injury and then start him over Marinaccio. No, I don't think so. Either. But he'll be he'll be healthy before the end of the year. Will he? Yeah, he'll be back sure? before October. Okay, mm-hmm. well, they're not going to do that anyway. They're not fucking. Well, I was going to say they're not stupid, but that's yeah. I mean, that would be that would be arguably the dumbest roster decision they've ever made. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. But then we also haven't talked about Britain and Ridings yet because they're you can't. I, I don't think Ridings is Ridings doesn't have a chance. I, I think I think because he hasn't pitched at all, like in the major leagues for a while. Two, I think the thing that's I'm just looking at the righties and lefties that they're carrying. I think that writes him out because he's a righty, and we have of the righties we have. Right, should it's better to mention the lefties because the only lefties we have on those names that we've said we we've established are on the team are Peralta and Chapman and that's now assuming that Licky is going to be the the other one there or Britain so I think if all all else equal when you're comparing just effectiveness and the the competence of a pitcher and that getting them into the bullpen I think the other guys who are righties have their odds stacked against them just because they're not lefties and they're going to carry lefties so with that being said Clay Holmes, Lasagna, Peralta, Efros, Trevino, Chapman, Marinaccio the remaining, the last one has to be a lefty. So that's going to be Britain or, or Licky. I mean, Licky's going to make it, and I think mm-hmm. Castro's going to make it. And so Britain think, doesn't. I don't think Britain will. You're not, I mean, I, even I if he is healthy, it would not shock me one bit if he's healthy. They put him on that roster, especially. There's a world where they don't put Domingo Herman on that, which I'm kind of indifferent on. I think he would play a much bigger mm-hmm. role than. Zach Britton would on a postseason roster, but I, I mean, I don't want Zach Britton anywhere near it, but I mean, look at what the Yankees do. They're going to look at his pedigree. If you want to call it that, even though he's been a shell of the pitcher he was after he tore his Achilles, but I, I don't know. I, I really do believe that if he's healthy, they're going to put Zach Britton on that team. Right or wrong. I think they'll do it. I feel <laughs> like you, it's such a gamble to, he's, he hasn't pitched in over a year at this point. You gotta believe they're not that dumb, and like I, don't I mean, know. it's I not a like gamble. Has to... You're taking a 15 team spread parlay with that. Like they're just fucking losing. You're guaranteeing yourself a loss. Like Zach Britton is not the pitcher he once was. He wasn't Definitely that not. pitcher. He wasn't that pitcher before Tommy John. What makes you think that a, what is he now? 35, 36 year old Zach Britton coming off Tommy John, not throwing for a year and a half in a year where he was bad deserves a roster spot I, and I'm not saying that I think he does or you think he does or anybody here who listens to this think thinks that he deserves a roster spot I'm just saying if he's healthy he's going to be on that that roster I think I just hope Marinaccio is not the odd man out because oh if just Marinaccio look at the odd man out they don't care about winning I mean just look but look at it though of the righties that are there we we said seven relievers max I think is do you think there's a world where they carry eight relievers Okay, yeah. so if they if they do, then that's the only way I think he gets on the roster because of the righties, I mean they're going to carry Clay Holmes, Lasagna, Efros, and Trevino over him. I think just because of the way we know they operate, and he would be the next righty. There would only be two lefties and five righties on the roster. Yeah, 
I'm sad that there's not a spot for Weiser. I think he would be – I think he's a good addition to that bullpen. I've, he's going to be next year's story, like the Mike King sort of deal. Where it's I forgot like, about where, Mike King. Where the hell did – Our yeah, bullpen's going to be very good next year. Very I, I good because Efros is also coming back. I can't remember what Trevino's deal is, if he's done or not, but yeah. I, it sucks that guys like Miguel Castro and Aroldis Chapman are going to be on that roster because I – personally would take people like Weissert. I would take Ron Marinaccio. Shit, I'd probably take Clark Schmidt over Chapman at this point. I think I think a lot of these guys that, you know, aren't fucking the big names, though they are to us and the people that watch this team, but you know what I mean. Well, I, you know I what just it is? don't I don't it's, think they're going to get a spot because of the money, because of the quote-unquote pedigree, if you want to call it that. But it it just it sucks because it doesn't give this team the best chance to win, in my eyes. It's kind of like running backs in the NFL. Like, you know, when you get these guys who have been, had these career years, you know, maybe they led rushing in a season, but then they turn 30. Zeke and, and Tony they, Pollard. Exactly. Sure. But then you also have these guys that you don't you haven't heard of until they're somebody says they're a sleeper in a fantasy draft, and they come out of nowhere, you know, from Oregon State and like, you know, tear it up for no reason. No one's ever heard of them and all of a sudden they're, you know, I feel like that just sort of happens with relievers, and the Yankees have a pretty good eye for that. And so I'd I'd rather take the guy that I didn't hear of the year before that's throwing a frisbee slider and a hundred mile an hour sinker for no reason than Chapman, who's walking the bases loaded and hitting the guy in the sixth row half the time. So want to talk about Peraza? Yeah. The Yankees are fine. And you know what? That's a perfect segue because you want to talk about the difference of what should be done and what is done. Look no further than Mr. Oswald Peraza, because that's just fucking ridiculous. Right. I mean, we, we kind of talked about it already. Um, and like the, what David Cohen said about IKF not being benched because he's apparently a, uh, a, a huge locker room guy didn't want to mess up the chemistry of him being sent down. Um, but th- it just makes no sense. I mean, it's like you said, it makes it there. They have no commitment to winning if they're not going to play Peraza an objectively better player and just continuously through Boone in the media can saying that he's one of the best defensive shortstops in the league. Just, I know that happened a while ago, but that's just ridiculous. And that, that will show you the extent that they'll go to, to, to protect IKF for whatever reason. I've never seen them protect a player from the media and the fans more than I've seen them do that to IKF, and I don't know why it is. Listen, IKF, and this is what's tough, is that IKF has been one of the better bats in the lineup the last two weeks. Very sneaky. And that's not necessarily because he's good. It's mostly because the rest of the bats haven't been consistent at the very least. So, like, I'm fine with IKF being here and being in the lineup, but if you're going to bring up Peraza, bring him up, play him at shortstop, let IKF, who has a gold glove in another position, play somewhere else. Fit IKF in the lineup around Peraza. Don't have it the other way around if you're going to have him up. If not, send him down. Let him get at bats in AAA. Why why are you going to have him on the bench? You can have Tyler Wade run just as fast on the base pass and be a defensive replacement. You don't need that. Speaking fast, I I forgot about Bader. Why? I don't don't care about Bader. I do. Um, why? Why? Can, <laughs> I care a little bit. Why does Josh Donaldson get in these games? Like that's a guy that I don't. If I was constructing a playoff lineup tomorrow, he wouldn't be in it ever. He would not start a single game on my playoff roster. I, I don't know why he thinks he can pimp every ball that he hits three hundred and thirteen feet, but like he doesn't really provide anything. 
He, I know he hit a home run the other day. Big fucking whoop. You hit a home run in a 10 to one game. Congrats. But if you're going to play IKF to Murph's point, put him at third. Like you're gaining so much more by getting Peraza's bat, by getting his glove in the lineup while Donaldson just sits here and puts his thumb in his ass all day and fucking watches strike three go right down the middle, 95 down the middle. The dude's fucking allergic to it. So and Peraza sure as fuck faster than Donaldson. Like <laughs> so I mean, you, you get more of a complete player in Peraza in every single facet of the game, whether it's subbing out Donaldson or IKF or whatever the fuck they want to do. But that's, that's again, another example of, I guess this is just the episode of pointing out how much people money people make and how many assets they gave up to get people, because that's the only reason why some of these people are, are playing. You think Hicks makes the postseason roster? I really fucking hope not. And I think Bader I mean, is. I that, think they've committed to benching him. So there's that. I mean, he he's gone. So like, if they're benching him, then there's no reason for him to even make the roster then, because if they're going to yeah, bench he's him, not fast, he's not good defensively. He does nothing. Yeah. He, the only thing he would have been was a defensive replacement. He can't steal bases. Although he said he was going to be a 30, 30 guy this season, which is obviously I think we now put that to bed. What did he finish at? What was the final line? Like six not and even nine. close. But what do you, not even double you digits can't point out, <laughs> in either you one. Can't point out one thing that he does that someone else that is not on the active starting roster can't do better. Right, you like want a switch right. hitter who can't hit anything. You have Marwin. You know, like it literally any, everybody is better at one specific has, thing than he is. There's somebody that's got a better eye. There's somebody that can this, that, and the other. Like he there's makes no the team worse he every provides fast. no value to an to. He's just extremely roster. like if you were to measure everything with a value rating out of a hundred, he would probably be like a twenty across the board at everything. So. When you when you weigh them all together and put everything every attribute together, he technically has more value than every like another person. But when you look at the single attribute, which is what the reason why he would be on the roster, he's worse than everybody. So I just reiterate what you were saying, but it's just it's I don't know. I, I think Bader as is going to him coming up will be the end of Aaron Hicks, at I least so, for this year and hopefully for the future. I don't know what Bader's situation is for the future, but I don't really care about Bader. That that's what I'm, saying. I'm excited about Bader just solely because it's fresh blood. It's it, he better be good considering how Montgomery is doing right now on, on the Cardinals. And it's just, it's, it's somebody new. It's, it's Hicks is, we know Here's Hicks is a known commodity. It's so, and we know we're going to get out of him and he's shockingly, I thought he was going to get better since the beginning of the season. And it just like we were at the stadium the other night that that missed catch that hit him in the fucking chest, basically. And then the other one right before that, it's just like he's a shell of a man in not even a baseball sense, in like a human sense. He just looks so sad and I feel bad for him as a person. But as a baseball player, I don't want to see him touch the fucking field. Question for you, whenever Bader comes back. How do you shape your outfield? Because he's a center fielder. He's not a left fielder. He's not anything like that. You you have a center fielder that's not too bad in Aaron Judge. And then right field, I mean, you can put Cabrera out there. You can put a number of people out there. But if you if you move Bader to center, you you know, move Judge to right, who's your left fielder every day? That's that that's a concern of mine. I don't know why they're not giving Cabrera some run out there. I don't know what you really plan on doing out there. Unless it's to stick with Andahar or Hicks. So, I I don't know. Because Benintendi's not coming back. Like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. 
Andrew Benatendi, you don't break a hammock and come back. We talked about this on the last episode. You don't break your hammock and come back in, you know, 10 days. Like that, that's a pretty significant injury. Uh, and if he does come back, he's going to be in a lot of pain and probably a shell of himself. And I, I don't want that for one. So how do you, how do you shape the outfield? I mean, how do you first yeah, thought how do you personally do it? And then what do you think they'll do it? First thought is, I think that I don't know if Bader has played anywhere outside of center field before, but it seems to me he's like the they, best center fielder in baseball. He can play wherever the hell he wants. Okay. But I mean, I, I think that with that being said, I, I don't think I know judge has been awesome in center field, but there's no reason why he can't just be slotted back to right field and put Bader in center field. And then, and then you have two premier defenders in center and right. And then, I think whatever you do in left field, is there? Do you think there's any chance in the world they have Stanton play left field? Nope. Okay, so then they're It'd then they're really gonna have cool to. They could because then that kind that of, opens up a lot. Yeah, I think they. I don't know. They've given guys like Joey Gallo. They put him in left field day one. He's never played a game in left field in his life. They put him left field day one. So, there. Part of me thinks that they're gonna be willing. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! There's um. Part of me thinks they're going to be willing to just instantly move him there to left field just based on the past, but I, I don't know. Uh, I, I just really don't know because your other option is Miguel Andahar, which I'm fine with. He's actually hitting the ball better lately, and uh, I mean, his defense is fine. I just don't – I don't see a world – I'd rather have Cabrera than Andahar left. Well, they, they have a month left. to figure out who's going to be better. And He's Cabrera, never, he's never even Cabrera. tried to play left. We know he can play left, though. He's played every other can, position pretty can, fucking well. He can at least play as good of a left as Andahar. If not better. I, I, I would consider, I, I haven't seen it at all, but I've seen, from what I've seen him playing in the outfield in every position, I think I would take him defensively at least over Andujar, and I think I would also take the bat, even though he's been struggling until the last few games. I think the easiest situ- solution, though, which isn't going to happen, is to put Stanton in left field. I think that opens up a ton. Right, because then I, you can DH Donaldson if you really, really wanted to. He's coming off two separate lower body injuries because that's good enough of a reason for them to not risk it. But it seems like he gets better, too, when he's playing But even field. when Stanton plays the outfield, he plays right field. He hasn't touched left field in, like, two years. So put Judge in center and Bader in left that's what I'm saying. Well, but then we're back to square one. So it's it's an interesting conversation. I really do it think is. it's going to no, end up being. I think day one they might put Hicks out there, and that's that's mainly what I'm getting at, and why I started this conversation is because I'm terrified that that's the reality. You're saying Hicks and left. I mean, who else? They'll is put your... if Andahar's still on the roster. They'll put Andahar over Hicks and left. That's, I don't know that Andahar makes the roster. I don't think he's the first one down. I think Florio's going to go down first. It depends when Bader comes back in relation to DJ and Rizzo. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It, basically, yeah. Excuse me. I have no. I have no clue. Yeah, I don't know. I know what they should do. I don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah. All right. I think that'll do it for me. Um, you guys, have anything else you want to talk about? Do you want to go through rounding thirds and then close it up? It's fine by me. Sure. All right, so we asked you guys rounding thirds on social media, and let's see what the people said. It's usually, honestly, every, a lot of you guys tend to think the way we do, and you guys bring up the same conversations that we just had, and we, we don't look at these until now, but um, Aiden, my hot take is fuck injuries. You are correct. Uh, Yankees lose in the wild card. They're not going to be in the wild card again. They wild card well series. Wild card. And if they're in the wild card... If they may, if they fall to the wild card, then yes. 
Greg Weissert will become one of Boone's most trusted relievers in October. Maybe next October. If he made the roster, yeah, but he's not going to make the roster. It doesn't matter if he doesn't give up a hit and strikes out every batter the rest of the season. He's not going to make the postseason roster. Josh, How old is Weissert? Is he one of those journeymen or is he actually young? He's like 25 or 27, something like that. Josh Donaldson goes crazy in October. Let IKF play third over Donaldson so Peraza can play. Yep. Yes. That reiterates what we Weiser's just said before. By the way. What? I said Weissert's 27, by the way, Murph. Mm-hmm. Donaldson's newborn newborn baby will make him a better hitter. <laughs> nope. If so, we might that might be the Messiah. Cabrera is gonna rake in the postseason. If he gets to play consistently, I could see him doing that. I think that'd be kind of fun if he had kind of like a uh, – I'm trying to think of – I was going to say Glaber, but he sucked his first postseason. If he had like a Glaber 2019 postseason for Cabrera, I could see that. I, I really think – this goes back to the conversation we were having before. I think because of everything that Cabrera could do – we had this conversation like I was saying about Hicks. Like he does, he's doing a lot of things but really bad. Cabrera – he has that going for him that he does do everything. So like that, I think bodes well for him in the sense of having him make the roster and be active in, in the postseason. I think Cabrera will make the roster. I just don't know if he'll start every day with the people coming back. Do you think, think Peraza yeah, will? I don't Peraza think will not make the roster. I don't know how much longer Peraza is even going to be up here. They may keep him up here just to keep fans at rest. But no, if they're not going to play him, send him down. Let him get the at bats. Send him down now. If you're not going to, you don't got to tell me that. But they're not going to play him, and there's a zero percent chance Peraza makes the postseason roster unless IKF gets hurt. So, and even then, I don't because Cabrera can also play short. So, yeah. And last one from our boy Julio. He said Hicks is already at thirty thirty. It's thirty RBIs and thirty walks. So, um, is that is that accurate? I don't even. Does he have thirty walks? Well, congrats! If that was the third, the, now that your season is hopefully over, and that's if that if that's probably what we meant, then thirty walks and thirty RBIs. Well, he's got thirty six RBIs, fifty five walks. You're asking about open ended conversations. Do you think Aaron Hicks is uh, the most hated Yankee of the last like ten years? Do you think he's past Gary? No. I, we had that conversation for IKF. I did forget about Hicks in this conversation, and I think, I mean, just Chandler, you were at the stadium with me, and you were, you've uh, some people. I know you have joined in, and you've said I've never booed somebody at the stadium, but it was pretty fun booing Hicks. <laughs> like, and that was you lo- the first time in my life I've ever booed a Yankee at the stadium. I've booed him in my, you know the safety of my own home. <laughs> I've never booed a Yankees player at Yankee Stadium, and I. I after he let the ball drop and then sat there and stared at it, that was the first time I've ever booed. Like you can make mistakes. You could be bad. You can't drop a fly ball and then just sit there and stare at the ground. It's unacceptable. I might've sent, sent this to you guys, but I saw, you know, a video and it was comparing Aaron Hicks to Mark Sanchez in terms of like <laughs> career outlook. And it was like, you know, promising first couple of years and then slowly became the most hated man in New York. <laughs> Pretty fair. I don't. I don't know why I never thought about that and comparing him to Gary. 
I think he takes the cake because Gary still has like loyal supporters that will fight to the earth's end for him. But I don't think. Yeah, I, would I, that's what I was thinking about. I don't think Hicks. And that's why I was we were talking about the IKF thing. And IKF does have some supporters like whenever. And, and I based the, the temperature check on this or whatever you want to say is whenever we post something negative about somebody on social media. There's usually a lot of hateful comments back towards us, and those are when the supporters come out of the woodwork. I don't ever see a like attacking comment towards us about Hicks when we there's there's that's a big sample size. We shit on Hicks a lot, and I I don't think I I'm gonna be on the lookout for it next because I have never seen a, a person try to combat our shit talking of Hicks. Can't. How could you? There's what are you, you going to say? All right, then I think that yeah. decides it. Then I think he's the most hated is Yankee. He on the sun? Yeah, he is. If he's not, he's, he's on right now. Get, I'll put the gavel down. So the current sun right now is who? I know okay, we were probably. Is Donaldson up there? Yeah, Donaldson, Chapman. No, I don't think he is. Yeah, he is. Have we uh, put him? Murph? I can't remember. He, if he is up there, it's been a while. He's been up there since before his Grand Slam. We just he put him up, up there and the forgot game. about him. He got put up there the game before his Grand Slam because we were like, is that enough to take him off? We're like, nah, we can't. Oh, you're that. right. No, wait, we, we said that about IKF. No, we did it about Donaldson, Both? too, because we, we actually put Donaldson on the sun. Yeah, IKF, we didn't the Grand put Slam. on the sun. IKF's Grand Slam, I guess you could say saved him. Except but we also didn't, didn't put him up before then. And it's a good man. thing because he was on the hots list. So, <laughs> well, I would still I made put for him no on reason. The sun, we'll apparently. save the hots for the next time. We'll save it. I like that good. <laughs> All right, uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, next, uh, the Thursday or the Friday episode, uh, we're not going to do this week because we are traveling to Charleston. Um, so it is just a bitch to carry the uh, microphones and all the recording gear on in the airport. So we're gonna have to take a little bit of a vacation there, um, but. Yeah, we'll talk to you next time on next Tuesday, so a week from today. So catch you guys later. Hopefully the Yankees are doing good by that time. Hopefully by that time a lot of the Yankees have come back and they don't play like shit. And I'll be on the lookout to see if there are any Hicks supporters in New York, Charleston, wherever, across the world. I don't think there will be any, but I'll come back and report back next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.